Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. From the Finney podcast with me, Jake, and our first fan guest in the shape of Jimmy Atkinson or at Bayside Peony on Twitter. In this episode, Jimmy and I will be reviewing the opening month of the season and looking at the performances of a few different players as well. How are you doing, Jimmy? All right. Thanks yeah, for um, good, good. Thanks for agreeing to come on. Um, appreciate it. I know it's late. At, well, not late at night, but at the end of a working day, it's it's not an ideal time. But no, it's fine. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's been a bit of an interesting month, hasn't it? Yeah, you could say that. You definitely could say that, especially with. I mean, what what have we got? Six or seven on the injury table at the minute. Six or seven on the injury table, ten points on the board. I mean, if you'd, um, we'll come on to it in a bit, I'm sure, but if you'd said after Millwall we'd have ten points on the table and be, what, seventh in the league, I'd probably snap your hand off, to be honest with you. I think, I think everyone would have snapped um, whoever was offering that song, <laughs> definitely. I know I would have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, well, you just mentioned Millwall. It's probably the, the ideal place to start, considering it was the first... Uh, first game of the season on paper to me um, I didn't think it looked that much of a difficult game to start the season um, especially after last season it certainly looked like a winnable game and I think most people will agree that well, I certainly thought we started the first half pretty well um, and I've said it on here before that I think if we scored in that first half that would make it a completely different game Um Alan Brown's effort from out of the box was cleared off the line or at least headed away from very close to the line. Uh, and I think if that had gone in, I'd have definitely backed us to get at least a point on the board. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it was a missed opportunity, to be honest with you, mate. It's, um, I thought second half we were poor. Um, yeah. I mean, if you look at the stats, we didn't have one shot on target. I know there's obviously the Brown effort, but, you know, created quite a quite not a lot, really, did we? Um, I mean, you know, having Maguire up front as a number nine his own just didn't work, which I know Neil's reflected on and, and moved him since. And, you know, we'll come I, th- to... I think just on that as well, I think Neil needs to take a little bit of a hit in terms of the way that we were playing. And Now, I know you could say that he's done it with Barkey, um, I've not seen the Forest game back, so I don't know how we played with Bowden up there. But with, especially with Barkey against Stoke, it was still very much lumping balls up, sort of in behind and using his pace. Um, but I think that's just not Maguire's game, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think you've got to adapt, to be honest yeah. with you, Jake. It's, um, you know, it, for me, that Millwall game, looking back at it, you know, the subs didn't really make an impact. It took Barkey's off, who I thought was the most creative player on the day. 
you know, it's, it took him off after an hour. And, you know, we never look, we never look like getting going after that point, to be honest. It's a really poor goal to concede. And, you know, we'll come on to conceding balls from, conceding goals from wide areas later on in the pod. But, you know, giving the ball away cheaply in the middle of the park and we didn't do enough to stop the cross. So, it, and, you know, you can probably look at Deck as well for the goal conceded. But it might be a little bit harsh on him looking back, but it's, He's, he's got hands to it, so he yeah, probably yeah. should deal with it. But you, you would I'd, expect a keeper to get if he gets hands on, you'd expect him to at least punch it away, not into the side of his net. Yeah, no, exactly. Just just tip it over, you know. At yeah. least at least deal with it. And I mean, to be honest with you, his performances since Millwall for Deck, I think he's massively improved and probably yeah. coming in's had a, a bit of an impact on that. He's coming in, he's punching a lot more, and he's actually looking a little bit more commanding than probably mm-hmm. what he did. Yeah, no, um, definitely. But I think Millwall, yeah, it's a massive missed opportunity. And to be fair, you know, let's look at their results since. You know, not a lot of teams have gone there and got and picked up anything. I think Chef Wednesday was it that got beat there a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Um, I was going to so, say, I think you, you have to, as poor as we were in the second half, I think you have to give credit to Millwall um, in in the way that they played. You know, they sat in, the fullbacks didn't allow anything um, in terms of our wide players. Mm. Um, there was, they just made it very difficult once they got that goal. They just made it really difficult for us. Um, now over the season, whether that proves to be an issue in terms of breaking teams down that sit back, we'll, I suppose we'll we'll only find out as the season goes on. But yeah, and I mean, yeah. you know, looking looking at it, that Millwall have lost one game this season. You know, and don't mind, they got tonked at Fulham. You know, I think it was 4-0 on the night, but yeah. they're, they're drawing a lot of games. With the, having Matt Smith up front, you know, a, a big striker, it fits perfectly into the way the Millwall play, especially with them losing Gregory to Stoke. Um, it It's somebody that it's gonna, they're, they're going to really focus on. You know, and teams, we, we've always struggled against Matt Smith. You yeah. know, it doesn't matter who's been at centre-half, you know, ideally you want to play like Hunt against him because he's a link-up player and he's probably... He's probably a better version of Stockley. Yeah. All that, you know, he's you know he's probably just as mobile, but he's more of a threat. You know, and I think he's scored what two or three already this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, a free transfer like that after losing Gregory in the summer is probably a good signing for them. But you know, not many teams will go to Millwall this season and win. No, I think know. we said that as well at the time. You know, that, that, that not many teams will bring anything back from from the den. So. You know, it was first game of the season. All right, we lost. It was disappointing, but just one of them. We move on, don't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it was quite key. And I suppose going into the Wigan game, we probably, especially when we looked at the team sheet going on that day, you know, four changes and thinking, okay, you know, he's actually, you know, Malt coming back in from the cold. It was um, a little bit unexpected, to be honest. Yeah, considering his lack of involvement in pre-season as well, um, he was. I think for the most part he was involved in what people would have considered the second eleven in preseason. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was a massive shock. Yeah. But, and, yeah. No. I mean, from going to nearly joining Charlton because I mean that was the the week after the deadline. Obviously, it was quite disappointing. Our probably performance in the transfer window is putting it politely. Yeah. Or lack of performance. Um, you know, and I thought he was superb against against Wigan. To be honest with you, I mean, he was a threat. You know, he'd yeah. actually, if you'd played him against Millwall, would the outcome have been different? I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? it? Is. But exactly. um, I, I suppose him and DJ. I mean, DJ in the number ten position against Wigan was probably the 
It was a revelation, big, wasn't it? Oh, it's such a, a big positive, wasn't it, really? I mean, yeah. he's, flourished, he's flourished throughout the month. I mean, you know, I think the best way I, I describe that Wigan game is ruthless. You mm. know, them losing Garner to that Pearson shot that, you know, he decides to put his head on for some, you know, at least he's got his head to it, but obviously yeah. it's knocked him out. And <laughs> that didn't help them, to be honest. Yeah, you, know. you, could, you could argue that was maybe written in the stars. Joe Garner playing for Wigan comes up against our, arguably our biggest arsehole. In Pearson, who rarely shoots from anywhere and catches arguably Wigan's biggest arsehole in the face with a rocket of a shot. Yeah. And I mean, it's just it's just a, it, one of them games at Wigan where everything fell into plan, for, you know, went to went to plan for us. And, you know, Galley's goal was, you know, shows how important Galley is as well. I mean, yeah. he's not just this linchpin in midfield. I mean, he's so clinical at set pieces. And whether that's delivery for assists or actual strikes like that. You know, it's it, he's it was one of those games, wasn't it? In his in his time here, he's going to be so hard to replace. I mean, I mean, I know we look at it now, Jake. Where you know he's thirty four now. Is he thirty five this year? Yeah. So he's coming towards the end, and I know that's as sad as it is. But in the next sort of eighteen months to two years, who's going to actually replace him? Because biggest um, worry, I would say. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if Bayliss was bought in as that, but he, he still looks a little bit raw. Um, yeah, I think I think with Galley, um, provided I think if he stays injury-free this year, I think we might get another bit part season out of him next year. But yeah. I, I would imagine that that would be even fewer games. Because I was worried in pre-season, being honest with you. I mean, I watched a couple of the pre-season games and he looked leggy, and I was like... Yeah. Come, is this it? You know, is he going to go into the first sort of dozen, you know, half dozen games of the season and not be able to do it? And yeah. then, you know, Millwall, yeah, the, the game probably passed him by a little bit, you know, because of the way they played. But Wigan, he was instrumental, you know, and I, I think he's one of those players that we've got to look after because mm-hmm. if we don't look after him, you know, and to be fair to Neil, I think he, he does. He brings him off after. 60, 70 minutes most weeks. He feels yeah. a little bit cramped. You can see him holding his calf a little bit more than he probably used to. And you've just got to look after a player like that because he, he will get you points over the season. Oh, and, yeah, definitely. You know, I just think I, I look back at, you know, the wider picture in North End at the minute and we've got centre midfielders in abundance, but can any of them step into that quality of Pearson or, or, or Galley? I, I just have a little bit of a concern. Yeah, I think there's definitely a question mark over that. There was there was times last season where if either one of those two were out of the team, you you worried, um, especially with and again I'll come on to it later on when we talk a bit more about DJ. But he he was largely played in a deeper role last year and never really looked effective. Maybe yeah. the odd game here and there he would he would. You know, play a part, score a goal, get an assist. Um, but even someone with his quality on the ball, who you would maybe argue is the one closest to Galley in terms of his set pieces, um, yeah. even he didn't look like getting anywhere near. He's going to be so hard to replace. And I mean, you know, I don't think he's, I don't think DJ and Galley are. I think Harrop potentially could be a Galley in the future. I mean, his assist for the goal against um, Holland League Cup, great delivery, yeah, you know, for Hunt. Yeah. Um, but he's a different type of player. I mean, you look at Galley 10, 12 years ago when we had him first time. You know, he was he a number ten. Came, right came in as a as a number ten slash striker, didn't he? Really? Yeah. And I mean, you know, we ended up utilising him probably as a 
an inside left or a ten at the yeah. time and probably wasn't the first time around he probably didn't make the impact that he has second and third time, you know, especially the playoff season and since we've been in the championship, you know, Galley's instrumental in that midfield. Oh yeah, you know, and Definitely. you can't. We look such a better team with Pearson and Gallagher next to each other. You know, I think you've got to if you keep them two together, and I suppose it's getting your, your spine of the team in a great place. Then, you know, you build on that. You know, and I think you know we'll come on to Bauer later on as well. But Bauer and Davis complementing Pearson and Gallagher as that core four in the middle of the park, it it just works for me. Mm, no, yeah, it definitely does. Um, I think. Moving on to the Bradford game. Um, yeah, sorry, mate. I've gone off topic there. Yeah, I? no, it's fine. <laughs> um, I think you obviously mentioned Bayless. He came in in the Bradford game, and there was also there was Ledson in the centre. Um, Andre Green played out on the left. Uh, mm-hmm. Potts was sort of on the right, kind of a number 10, kind of not. He was a little bit all over the place um, in terms of his positioning. I think what that showed was that we've definitely got depth. Whether we've got the absolute quality. Um, now, some people be pointing to the first five results and saying, well, we've got six, seven P uh, players are injured. You know, we've not done too bad in terms of 10 points on the board from five games. So you could argue that we've, um, that we've got the quality in depth, but it's still early days. Is it, is it, is it a bit too soon to say that we've absolutely definitely got that quality? For for me, I mean, it was 11 changes, weren't it for Bradford? I mean, Uh, it was, it was a great opportunity to get those 11 changes in for the lads. And I mean, you know, Andre Green was probably the best player on the pitch that night. You know, alongside Barkey, you know, two mm-hmm. decent finishes. Um, the level of opposition wasn't great in Bradford. Oh, let's be honest with you. They were, you know, they'd made a few changes themselves and they weren't great. Um, so it was a little bit of a stroll second half at times. Yeah, you know, it was great so, to get Harrow bomb. It was a stroll in the park, wasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, you know, getting Harrow on, obviously scoring with what his first touch, pretty much. Yeah, uh, 20 seconds or something aren't they yeah. not long so I mean don't wrong, it's massively deflected but it's great to get it was great to get him back at that point yeah um especially after the layoff and I suppose what he's been through the past 12 months which I mean he's talked about quite well himself you know in the interviews he's given um, yeah he seems to be full of confidence you know coming out saying he wants to be the best player in the league and stuff like that you can't knock him for um obviously he's backing himself there isn't he no, absolutely. And why not? I mean, you know, he's got yeah. good pedigree. You know, you don't spend that sort of time at Manchester United and not be a decent pedigree mm-hmm. player. You know, look at look at Pearson. I mean, you know, his pedigree is unbelievable for a player that's come through the ranks at United. And I mean, for, for getting for the price we did, I mean, you probably know better than me, but it, it was not exactly a massive fee no. um, at the time we got Pio. And the difference that he's made to, to the to the team over the past three, four years has been amazing. Yeah, he's like like you said before, he's um, he's certainly cemented himself as a, a, a linchpin, if you will, in that centre mid. Whether he's paired alongside Gallagher or whether it's Brown or someone else, he, he's I think alongside Davis. Um, 
and probably Bauer at the minute, I'd say as well. They're probably the first three names on the team sheet every week, provided they're fit. Yeah, no, absolutely. One other thing I would say about Bradford, Jake, is about Rafferty. Obviously, yeah. he came into the team at that point, and I suppose through, I suppose, luck more than anything, obviously keeping his place in since. I mean, for a lad that at the start of the season, you're probably looking at being potentially fourth choice left, fourth choice full back, you know, yeah. if you include Fisher, Hughes, Clark ahead of him. Yeah. You know, you could have probably put early ahead of him at left back, especially before he went out on loan. I think he, he, he's been solid. He's not done anything special. Mm. But he's 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 steady. You know he's, what I mean. He's just he's, done the basics well, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean he jockeys defenders wide quite well. He reads the game quite well. I mean he's not going to be one of these that's going to be up and down the ring on his wrong foot. I mean don't get me wrong. You know we'll come on to Swansea in a moment, and it was a a decent strike. But you know he's not going to give you the attacking prowess that Hughes will. I mean don't get me wrong. Hughes isn't up and down the wing. He's not delivering balls in left, right, and centre. But he's obviously a lot steadier on his left foot than Rafferty is. Yeah. From a natural point of view. Yeah. I, has Rafferty been tested, really? I don't know. I think he probably had his biggest test on Saturday just gone against Forest. But he's, he's done the, he's done a job. Yeah. You know, and I mean, we were crying out for a left-back and a forward all transfer window has, has been well publicised on Twitter and everything. And I've been quite vocal about that. Why mm-hmm. I don't think we needed Bayliss, personally. And... You know, it's a lot of money to spend on a 20-year-old when we were crying out for a left-back and, yeah. and a forward of, of a bit of quality because, I mean, that's what Neil said last, you know, back at the end of last last season. You know, we need mm-hmm. quality to improve. And, I mean, you look back at the transfer window and it wasn't great from that point of view. I mean, you know, Bauer looks the part and, you know, he was, he was good last season for Charlton and he's had a good couple of years there. And to be fair, he looks like one of these players that is going to make the step up. Yeah. The other I, three I, think he's, I think he's made the step up, hasn't he? To be honest, I, yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Bit shaky, bit shaky at Millwall. I mean, he's pop, you could probably put a bit of a, a point on the goal. You know, he probably could get his position a little bit better uh, for the ball that did come in for the goal. Yeah. But since then, he's grown massively into the way we play as well, and I think we we underestimate his ball playing ability as well. You know. Yeah, I remember when. Who uh, was it against? Maybe Brig. One of the early pre-season games, um, I remember seeing, I don't know if it was on p Online or on Twitter, someone saying, like, he's, he's awful on the ball. I'm thinking, what were you watching? Yeah. You know, like, he's, he's stepping out of the defence up into the midfield and his vertical passing up through the lines was... You couldn't you couldn't fault it, really. Yeah, um, and him and Davis complement each other really well. I mean, yeah. you can't pass that. I mean, Story, you know, and it's a little bit harsh on Story missing out so much this season so far. But back end of last season, I, I, it did fall. I don't, I don't agree with that. To be honest, he's still a young kid. Um, yeah. I think he, if anything, he was overplayed last season. Um, his form fell away, Jake. To be honest with you, last well, four was, or five he, games last season. By all accounts, he was playing with an injury toward the end of the season. Um, now, whether he actually was or not, I don't know, but that's what I've, I've been told that he was playing with an injury for the last sort of three, four, five weeks of the season, which would tie in Makes with sense, how his form was. Um, but I think if, if the manager had had another centre back available, I don't think he would have played as much toward the end of the season. Cause he had that run and then it, like you said, he's formed it tough and it, he, it felt like 
you just kind of expected the the manager to maybe just drop him and put Hunt in or something like that. But I mean, the the run of results that we had toward the end of the season, I don't think it would have made much difference anyway. Um, and he could have given the lad a bit of a rest. But I think I think Story is being um, I think he's being managed right at the moment. Yeah, that's my my personal sort of take on it. Um, it, it is a little bit harsh, maybe, but I think I think it's the right thing to do at the minute. He's, he's still only 21, isn't he? Yeah, and I mean, Bauer seems a bit of an upgrade, you know, yeah. in the nicest possible way. And um, yes, the story's got a bright future in the game. Like, you know, for having a ball-playing solid centre-half like he is, yeah. I mean, he, he will get game time and, you know, we're not going to go 46 games of a season with the same two centre-halves. No. You know, it's just not going to happen. And, you know, he will get his chance. He's just got to take it with both hands more than anything. Yeah, no, uh, there's there's definitely options there. Um, I think Bauer's just an example of what story could become. Yeah. Um, if he continues on the uh, the upward trajectory that he's currently on. No, I agree with that. Um, so, yeah, Swansea then. Um, obviously, you mentioned Raf. He got the goal. Little bit of a deflection in there as well. A little bit fortunate yeah, with that. I think the keeper should do a little bit better as well when you watch it yeah. back. But take nothing away from him. He's been solid enough, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. the, the the big things out of the Swansea game was, you know, it was two killer blows really in the first half. You know, losing Malt. Um, it's obviously a season-ending injury. Especially um, after his um, performance against Wigan. Yeah. Showed so much promise. You just feel for the lad, really, don't you? I mean, yeah. his looks, he's just had no luck since he's been here. And I mean, you know, he did his what, hamstring when he first came. You know, before yeah, I think he, he had a run of maybe about seven or eight games, did he? And then he, that was it, his hamstring went and you barely saw him again. Yeah. It probably didn't help him arrive in injured either. I mean, no. when we got him from Motherwell, he arrived injured. He didn't actually play for the first few weeks anyway. Um I mean, was it Huddersfield away that first season? I just remember. I remember him scoring. It might have been Chef Wednesday somewhere like that. I remember it was Yorkshire way, and he slid in for the goal. And I mean, you think, you know, especially after Forest last season, you're going to build on that. And then, obviously, dipped out the side. I think when Stotley came. Yeah, um, it was around that time. Yeah, and you just feel for him. And I mean, you know. It, it, he clearly he's clearly worked hard to get into the position he's in, you know, yeah. and and you know the stuff he does off the pitch. He sort of want it to go right for him, mm. especially with everything he's been through. And I think that's why for for me personally, like I've I've never I've never been a massive fan, but I've never sort of I have knocked him. I'm not gonna lie. But who's <laughs> not? Have, Jay, honestly, uh, who who not on North End's fan base has not knocked oh, yeah, Malt? Exactly. Because we've uh, all we've all criticised him at some point, probably fairly at times. But un- yeah, absolutely. And I suppose this season you want it to work for him. That that was what I was gonna say. It was after his performance against Wigan, he he looked to have improved all the areas that he was being criticised for. Um, you know, there was—I don't think there was ever a question about his mobility. You know, he could get around the pitch a lot more than Stockley does. Um, yeah. But I think with Stockley, it was always a case of well, he's—he's he's, he's a big lad, he's strong, uh, but he doesn't move well. Whereas Malt moves well, but he's not really able to hold the ball up as well. Um, but he looked yeah. in the Wigan game; he looked like he'd improved on that. He looked a lot. Uh, 
without wanting to sound offensive, he looked he looked a lot more stockier. Um, and like he'd put on a bit of beef, if you know what I mean. It looked it's for me, it looked a bit more ruthless as well. He was actually yeah. playing as a nine. Because last season, when he when he was playing as a knight, he kept drifting inside. He'd drop deep. He'd, he'd pull himself out wide when where, where the ball. He, he sort of got attracted to the ball yeah. rather than actually staying within that night that channel of a nine, so you can actually you know get in between the, the I suppose the second six yard boxes you'd probably yeah, yeah. call it to actually finish. And I mean, his goal against Stoke, which will come up, um, it wasn't Stoke. It was the, um, yeah. the Wigan game. He's actually got into that second six yard box, beating yeah, the man, yeah. great header, and. That's where you want him to be. You don't want him to be drifting out wide oh. to try and pick up the ball. And that was probably my biggest frustration with him, you know, last season when yeah. you want him to play as a nine. You want him to actually be attacking that box. And, you know, you look out and he's bloody stuck on the wing. It's like, what mm. are you doing there? Get yourself in the freaking box. But Yeah, it was it was, it was was definitely um, an annoyance. The, the, the fact that, for, for me, like, it felt like I'd be watching um, my, my under-14s sometimes yeah. you're just watching like you know you're watching your centre forward and he's like you said just chasing the ball yeah just drifts and it's yeah. like well, why are you there you know get, and to be fair to him you know for the games he played he was you know he was where you want him to be as a centre forward mm. yeah no he definitely definitely um, like I said looked to have improved on the areas that he was getting criticised for from last season um, obviously got the goal against Wigan drifted in between the two centre backs I think from a defensive point of view, it's probably not the best. Um, but they're not great at the back, Wigan. I mean, no, they, they, they weren't great all game, to, to be completely honest with you. But, I mean, you've got to take your chances when you, yeah, you exactly. presented them, haven't you? So, but, I mean, coming back onto Swansea, I mean, conceding when we did was criminal. You know, mm. around the stroke of half-time. And, again, it was an issue of conceding from a wide area. You know, all three goals have come from crosses that weren't dealt with, similar yeah. to the Millwall game. And I mean, the equaliser for one. When you watch it back, it's it's a it's a joke, really. I mean, the right wing is just not closed down, and you know it's a finished cross goal, and all of a sudden it's one apiece, and injury time in the first half, and in in a, in a game that you've probably dominated. For, yeah, they've not had a sniff really, have they, in that first half? Absolutely, and you know, with for the second, you watch it back, it's a winner from midfield, similar to the Millwall game, you know, yeah. not being tracked, and then you know, equalising through. You know, it's, it's a definite penalty. Let's be honest with you. And then for us to concede ninety minutes later, ninety seconds later, sorry, that, it's like, think, well, what yeah, are we doing? The, the key points for me from the Swansea game, like oh, you just mentioned, with the two, um, the two goals that we conceded straight after scoring. Yeah. Well, no, the first one wasn't straight after scoring, but well, the first one's on the brink of half time. Yeah, you know, you're a minute away from closing from going in one nil. And it's a completely different team talk at one apiece than it is to one nil. And I mean, you don't don't get me wrong. I, I think second halves all season we've not been fantastic. You know, there seems to be a bit of a a change of the way we play. You know, yeah. Forest. Yeah, they came out as Forest did, but you know, we tend to. I don't know if that's because we've we've stopped this high press because we don't we do look a little bit lethargic in second halves this mm-hmm. season so far. But you know, the Swans game. You know, we didn't really create much once it went to three two. And they they seem to see it out quite easily when they probably shouldn't have, given yeah. that how well we played that first half. So it's quite frustrating. Yeah, no, it, it was like you said. There's definitely a theme um, in terms of how our second halves are going. Um, and I think even obviously moving on to the Stoke game, even though they weren't particularly great, 
there's still an element of that as well. Um, yeah. Obviously, I mean, if you've got a lead or if you've got a draw and you're away from, um, and you're away from home, you can always expect a team to come at you a little bit more in the second half, like Forest or like Swansea. But the Stoke game, we we were two 0 up in the second half. We just again, we just seemed to I just plod along almost. It was weird. Stoke really grew into the game. And yeah, I mean, they did. We, we blew Stoke away at times that first half, and it probably could have been more than two. I mean, that that midfield three of Pearson, DJ and Galley were, were excellent for, for me. I mean, Harrods probably had his best had his, had his best game at that time yeah. on the left. Um, he went quiet for me at 2-0. And, you know, when we were, we were under the cosh, he... He did sort of go a little bit missing, not yeah. not intentionally probably, but you know he just didn't couldn't get his foot on the ball. He couldn't get into the game, and then it's one of those things in football, isn't it? Your quietest player then pops up and scores a third, and to be fair, it's game over really. Yeah. But it was a good goal, finish as well, to be fair. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's a good bit of work by DJ again, you know, mm. to obviously force a save, and then it's a good finish. Um, him, I think on his left foot as well. Yeah. And obviously he's um he's drilled it into the ground across the keeper mm. into the corner, so good finish. But for me, you know, the goal we conceded again is an undealt cross from our left left back position. Yeah. Um it's a bit of a common theme really. I don't think we've, yeah, think we've conceded well. we've conceded one goal, I think, you know, from central play. You know, actually there's only been one goal and it was, you know, Forrest really that's that's caught us up cut through the middle of us. Yeah. You know, everything else we're conceding from wide positions from but that wide, yeah. Yeah, personally, that Stoke game, I, I, I thought Stoke. I, I don't. I think he's on bothered time in terms of Nathan Jones. Personally, you know, looking at their results, it continues to uh, continues to show. Really, I mean, Butland's nowhere near the, the team. You yeah, know, he's something, something going on there for me with Butland. You don't go from being um, what third choice England keeper at a World Cup to being he's massively massively out of his ass. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the comments that Jones came out with after the game was was very critical. You know, mm-hmm. it was like this guy, you know, he's clearly got something on his mind. I mean, you don't come out and bury your keeper like that for me. No. I, mean, I mean, you know, it's, it's such a key area of the pitch. For me, in, in how Jones is at Stoke at the minute, um, in terms of how he's dealing with the press, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, a bit of Phil Brown and a bit of Graham Wesley. Yeah. In not not necessarily in their style of play, but how he's coming across in the media, um, and just slating players. It's quite victimy, you know. Mm. It's not like it's actually his fault. I think he just needs to um, look at himself in terms of this as well. I mean, you know, he left Sam folks on on the bench, proven quality at this level, cost him seven million quid back in January. I mean, mm. he's only twenty nine. I mean, I thought I thought Sam Vokes was older than that, personally. You know, yeah, I, I thought he was about 32, 33. Yeah, but he's 29. I mean, you're leaving him on, on a bench for, I think it was Gregory and Hogan that they played up front. Neither did anything, in no. total honesty. Um, you know, and I think... Vokes, is, like you said, he's proven at this level. And um, obviously, Hogan's had, what, one decent-ish season with... Um, Brentford. Brentford, yeah, and then he went to Villa, didn't he? And then there's um, uh, Lee Gregory, who he's never really done that much in terms of being prolific at Millwall, I don't think. He was just an, he was a decent number nine. Just work, very workmanlike, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, I'd have took him here. 
because he'd have probably yeah. fit into our style of play. He's not. He might not score you 15, 20 goals a season, but he, you know, he's probably a bit like Richard Cresswell in terms of his work rate. He'll yeah. probably, you know, what if he's in the right place, he'll probably score. You know, you could probably put Louis Malt in that sort of place right. as well in terms, yeah, yeah. yeah, in terms of he'll work hard for you. He'll score his chances when he gets them, but he's not going to be prolific. So. Yeah, I think it's uh, like you said. He's definitely on borrowed time. I think is Nathan Jones. Um, it's a shame, yeah. really, because I mean, he did a he did a, a cracking job with Luton, you know. And oh, don't yeah. wrong, Luton's budget at that level probably was fairly decent, you know. Yeah, don't wrong, they've had to get well, they've had to get past a few good teams to, to obviously get get promoted out of League One, and we yeah. know ourselves it's not an easy lead to get promoted out of. Oh, it's, oh well, Leeds will. It leads a testament to that as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's an interesting managers, it, it just fits, doesn't it, at a certain club. Uh, yeah. I think there's maybe an element of that, that he's obviously gone in at Luton and it's just worked. But Stoke's a bit of a poison chalice for me. You look at Gary Rowett, you know, mm. decent manager, but then it just didn't work for him at Stoke. You know, I, I suppose they haven't been the same team as such it's purely went. you mm. look at the you know Hughes has gone in there and uh, tried to change yeah. it didn't he bring yeah. people like Bojan and um, a few others from over from Spain and I think when when the DNA of a club is so cemented in a way like Pulis had it it's just it's, it's so hard to difficult. change so it's... just come in and change it like that yeah and I mean, you know, you look at the job that Graham Wesley did, and I, I use the jo- word job very loosely in terms yeah. of obviously what he did, but he had to rip it up and start again, mm. you know, and he literally had to, comp- you know, the way he did it was wrong, but, you know, it, his first season when he came in, he just literally had to completely start again. Yeah. And yeah. you look back at it, and it's probably, in hindsight, it's probably the right thing to do, but the way he did it was probably completely wrong. Mm. But for me, you know, you've got a chief exec in Tony Scholes who we, no, far too, you know, obviously well from his time here. I'm surprised he's let it happen at Stoke. Yeah, seems odd. Very yeah. unusual. Um, uh, Chef Wednesday. Yeah, for me it was another strange one. Um, we did play well for large parts of the game, but then obviously went 2-0 up and it just felt like it was just going to just trund- not trundle on, but just peter out into a, just a comfortable 2-0 win. Um and then, like we've mentioned a million times already in this pod so far, got caught out out wide, cross into the box. And to be fair to Stephen Fletcher, it was a brilliant header. Um, but too, far too often, and again, this is just another example, we're just not dealing with crosses into the box at all. He's made a career out of that, Stephen Fletcher. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, you watch it back, it's a great ball in by reach, but, yeah. you know, he. Davis probably doesn't attack the ball as well, but to be fair, when you probably keep an eye on Fletcher at the same time, it's probably he's probably caught in two minds whether to attack yeah. the ball or attack the yeah. man. So it's a bit of a rock and a hard place, aren't you? Yeah, but um, you know what? I thought it had a bit of a pre-season feel to it first half, yeah. especially. You know, it was a bit. It was a weird game. Um, you know the um, the winger that's turned into a fullback in Adebayo, I think it is. You know, two yeah. silly two silly penalties. Yeah, I mean, you, could, you could tell that he wasn't comfortable in that position. Yeah, I mean, it was just the first one. It's a long ball by deck, isn't it? I think that's that's got a bit of a funny bounce. Yeah. I think you mentioned it in the last pod that Stotley's attacked the ball, he's missed the ball, and then next minute it's in behind. And he didn't even attack it. He just kind of 
ran about. I remember what I, I watched the highlights in the morning before we recorded the pod, and he kind of just he was on the edge of the box and he moved about ten yards away from the edge of the box toward the ball, and it yeah. just went over him. Didn't even attack it. Went over him and obviously bounced. Maguire's got his body in the way, and yeah, two seconds should. later, it's a pen. Yeah, and I mean, the second one's just daft as well. I mean, you know, you just don't like diving like that in a penalty box, do you? Especially with someone that's nippy, like, like well, Maguire think, is. Credit credit to Maguire, and I think, was it, uh, who was it that he was linking up with down that side? For the penalty, for the second yeah. penalty. Was it, it came from a throwing. Yeah, so yeah. It I think that. it was Rafferty then, maybe Harrop into Maguire. I have to watch it back, but yeah, whoever it was, there was some decent link-up play, some nice little quick one-twos, and obviously, like you said, someone who's nippy like Maguire, he just cut in front of uh, Adebayo or however you say his name, and he just flew in and brought him down completely. Honestly, yeah. I mean, it's just silly. You know, you just don't you don't need to dive in either. I mean, to be fair, he's got his two centre halves then to beat as well before he can even get a shot in. So it's, it's one of those really, mate. It's um it's daft and it'll probably I think Bullen came out after the game and said we've been beat by two mistakes. And to be fair, you can't really knock him. Yeah, because, he's not too wrong, really, is it? Yeah. I mean that in you know, Huey or whatever he's called, the big lad that came yeah, on again. Huey or whatever. He, he must just love playing against us because I don't. Every time he plays against us, he absolutely runs the show for fifteen twenty minutes. I mean, yeah. I don't know if he's just a fifteen twenty minute man, but every yeah, time he comes on the against us, I reckon he is. Oh god! I mean that that, that run he went on when he's he saw Pearson a dummy that he's took on four players and I think yeah. he restored. Fisher or, was hanging off his arm. And, yeah, because uh, it was right in front of me where I sit on the finney. Fisher was hanging off his arm and. He just wasn't shifting him. He's just no. thinking, Jesus Christ. He, he reminded me of, do you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah. Reminded me of the mountain off Game of Thrones. Yeah. Just thinking, what is he? Just made out of brick. Yeah. But to be fair, you look back at it, our resilience is quite, it impressed me to be honest. Yeah. I mean, two years ago, we lose that game or we concede like we did yeah. at, what 97th minute when Reach scored Reach that scream of that year. That. Yeah. Bits or whatever it was. Yeah, it was a pretty great strike that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we get we we lose we drop points in in previous seasons, but you know it's quite it's quite impressive that we are we are seeing the majority of games out when we are yeah. a little bit under the cosh. So yeah, I think well we'll come on to it in part two, but I think another one of um, another sorry another example of our resilience is obviously the the Forest game. Yeah, it's just happened. Um, but we'll go into that. In part two, um, I think if you've got anything else to add, unless you've got anything else to add, sorry, I think we'll. No, I'm fine. Let's get a, let's get we'll a break, be, mate. Yeah, we'll do the uh, do the break there. We'll call that part one. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. So in this part, we're going to talk about the remaining two games of the month that we've not covered yet. Uh, we'll also talk about our shortcomings in the transfer window this summer. Uh, as we've already mentioned, inability to defend crosses properly. Um, DJ Harrop, Stockley, and also the transfer window closing around Europe as well. Um, so yeah, we'll... 
we'll go in with round two of the Carabao Cup. Hull City at home. Um, another odd one, I think, a bit like the Chef Wednesday game. Just felt... It probably helped by the fact that there was a low crowd, which you would expect for a midweek Carabao Cup game, but it just felt a bit like a pre-season. Yeah, it was um, a bit of a game of two halves as well, weren't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, Definitely. first first half... Could have been two, could have been three or four rather than just a two before they yeah. obviously put you know before they got the goal back and I think losing Barker was a big blow to be fair at the break. I mean, obviously he could be out for a few more weeks yet, but yeah, I, mean, I think he'll be back after back in training after the international break. Yeah. So uh, and to be fair, Forest especially we probably missed him quite a lot. You know, in terms of obviously playing yeah, as that yeah. mobile number nine and. I mean, when Stockley came on at half-time, it just left us short front. He just, he was immobile. Yeah, um, he changed the game for all the wrong reasons, didn't he? Yeah, and I mean, against Chef Wednesday, when, I mean, I think you alluded to it in the last podcast, it was six completed passes and he probably was more used at centre-half. And I mean, it was just, it just wasn't great from him. Um, I mean, I he lost possession 21 times that, that game. Yeah, just not, not good enough. I mean, and... I don't know, this isn't knocking the lad at all, but I don't know if the step up from, I suppose, the level he's been playing at to, to ours is, is right. You know, it, it's it's a massive step these days. I mean, yeah, it worked for the likes of Nugent in the past, you know, stepping up and, I mean, he's 25. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's 25. Young, he? No, he's, he's, but he should be more mobile at 25 than that. I mean... He, he makes everything look slow. I don't know if it was the... Um, I think it was the Chef Wednesday game. He got fouled on the edge of the box and going down, I'm thinking like, fucking hell, how have you not hit the deck already? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, just ridiculously slow, even falling. Yeah, I mean, I've made no bones of the fact that I'm not really a fan. Um, And like you said before, it's it's nothing personal, nothing against the lad. Um, Obviously, I don't know him. um, But from what I see in terms of performances week in week out I'm just I'm not yeah I'm not too keen to be honest and yeah the whole city game he, he came on and he changed the game for all the wrong reasons um, nothing stuck whatsoever um, yeah and it, it was all down to him really that everything was coming back at us you need it if you're going to play with a target man you need someone that's going to hold the ball up and I mean when we got him what was the start that he was he'd won the most um, aerial battles in Europe or something like that. That's just something I was had him in his pocket all game. Yeah, and I mean, he just didn't. He just didn't do anything that was positive. And I mean, I, I sort of felt a bit sorry for Ledson because Ledson had a great game and he, he's starting to look a little bit about like the player that we expected him to be. Yeah, when he first came in, um, and Harrop, you know, good finish for the goal was promising throughout. And yeah. I think we've got to throw in here about the the saves that Ripley made at two one. Yeah, there was a really good double save in the second half. Then, I mean, it's a bit like we've said before, but you keep it tight those last few minutes. You know, you don't give Bowen the time and space in the box because a player like Jared of Bowen's ability is going to hurt you. I mean, there's no, it's no wonder that clubs are sniffing after him because he came on and he looked lively. It's, it's a surprise to me anyway that he's still there, to be honest. Yeah, there's the other lad as well that didn't Hitting get on Grisicki. that, Grisicki. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I expected one of them to leave in the summer, definitely. But the fact that they've still got both of them, um, I think it probably gives them half a chance of a decent mid-table finish. It's 
and to be fair, fair play to them because they've not yeah. they've you know they've hit a bit of financial trouble. I know, but I, to be fair, I do like Grant McCann. You know, he plays attacking football generally. Yeah. Um. You know, in second half, you know, it showed. You know, the, the fact that it, they came well, at us. Second half reminded me of Doncaster in the FA Cup last year. Yeah. You know, it was clear to see there the the way that. McCann sets his teams up in the way that he likes them to play. Um, but yeah, I think cr- credit to Hull, to be fair, in the second half. They, I think as much as we say we were probably a little bit disappointed not to maybe have had another goal or two on the board come half-time, I think Hull would probably have felt a little bit hard done by to have not have had maybe another couple of goals on come full-time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, taking it to penalties... You know, it's a bit of a lottery at that point, isn't it? You know, yeah. but you know, running that risk. But plus, side great draw in the next round as host Man City, and I'm sure you'll preview that later in the month. But you yeah, know, yeah, it, get, it gets a bit. I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off money, man. But it's um, no, I think it's a great time. It, obviously, it's yeah. got people excited as well. It's got people talking about Preston again, which yeah, is one in the is... town, and it's something that we probably, as a club, don't do enough of. Uh, but you know, I've, you've got to give a bit of credit to the club at this point because they've got the ticket strategy and the way they're they're launching the tickets spot on for me. Yeah. And I think they do deserve yeah. a lot of credit with the Brentford game. Yeah, I think they've they've definitely nailed it with the the way that they've <clears throat> rolled the tickets out because there was, I think, within ten fifteen minutes of the draw being made. There was people on Twitter saying we need to do this, we need to do that, the club need to do this particular, run this particular system, or you know you buy tickets for this game or that game and you get priority access to a city ticket. And to an extent, they've done that. So yeah. I think you're not going to keep everyone happy. You never are as a football club, but I think they've they've ticked a lot of boxes for me, definitely. Yeah, and they deserve and they deserve credit for that as well. And, yeah, you know we probably criticise them quite a lot especially on social media for a few of their misgivings but um, I think they've got this one right Yeah they have and I think the criticism as well is maybe a little bit harsh sometimes, I know Hannah uh, the girl that works on the media team with Ben um, there's just the two of them as far as I'm aware Yeah, no, and those two especially you know, deserve a lot of credit yeah, and definitely. I mean you've got two passionate Preston fans within your club there I mean don't get me wrong I don't think they make all the decisions and I think a lot of the decisions oh, are made above yeah. their heads yeah. which we're probably both more than aware of um, but you know they've got the ticketing strategy for this one spot on and they deserve a lot of credit for that yeah no they definitely do um, it's not often I'll do I'll say that on the pod no. either no no exactly and I'm the <laughs> same mate and I, I, you know we criticise them when I suppose we don't feel something's right but when we do feel that something it, it get that should be applauded, it, it should be actually, you know, recognised yeah, that done definitely. it right. So, um, yeah. So Saturday. the last you are on to Saturday. Yeah, on to Saturday. Um, I said to Ollie, I think at half time. Anyway, I said to Ollie at some point, um, I'd take a point still from this, and he was yeah. like, I wouldn't. I think. Now, considering that it was the 81st minute, was it, that we conceded? Something like that, 80th minute, 78th minute, I don't know. Considering it was that late on that we conceded, 
I am a little bit peed off that we didn't see it out um, and that resilience that we've spoken about earlier in the pod that we've started to show a lot more of wasn't um, there. Yeah. It was in parts, obviously, because we, we still came away with a point and there's not been a point at, sorry, there's not been a draw at the city ground for nine months. Mm. I think for me, you we've got to give them a little bit of credit as well. And, yeah. you know, they, they they were poor first off for us and we should have been more than one nil up at the, at the break. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's typical us. You know, it came to bite us, yeah. you know, late on in the second half. But you've got to take your chances when you're on top of the game. And, you know, we could have gone in at probably two goals up. I think it would have probably been fair, given how we played first half. But I thought it looked a little bit leggy second half. Um, having a lack of mobility from the bench with us obviously missing Maguire and, and Barkey wow. and Moll. Yeah. Yeah, who could all lead the line didn't help us when I suppose Bodum just ran out of gas. And in all honesty, the goal that we've conceded there's a obviously a hint of offside, and it's the yeah, first time that teams come to us. Yeah, it's the first time a teams come to us all season. To be honest with you, Jake, it's like yeah. you know you got to look back at it and think, well, you know we're what six, seven, eight games in, and that's the first time we've conceded a goal that's come through the middle of the park. And let's let's put it together. You know, Carvalho, the lad they put on was thirteen million quid. Mm. It's more our than our squad's not even. It's more than our squad put together, isn't it? And I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know who scores it. Proven quality at this level. You know, he's been promoted what two or three times. He's he's yeah. a good player. You know, and a, a good free transfer that they got in the summer. And mm. I think the lad South that was their sponsors man of the match coming at half time. You know, he had a great game in the middle of the park. I mean, he's he just everything seems to go through him second yeah. half. Um, and they've got they've got a good keeper as well in um, Samba. Yeah. yeah. He impressed me actually. You know, he made two or three good saves. He's quite commanding. I mean, obviously they got Muric, didn't they, in, in the summer ahead of us, um, yeah. and they got Muric with the pretense that he was going to be their number one. And obviously he drops them two clangers the first game against West Brom, and next minute they bring this lad in from um, I think he's from France, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's from the Liga or somewhere like that. Yeah. So I don't know what club he's come from, but he comes highly rated. And to be fair, you can sort of see why because I thought he was quite commanding. To be fair, he's good with his yeah. feet. Made two or three good saves first half but I mean the flip side of it mate <coughs> they had two shots on target all game you know one's, that, one's down Dex's throat which he parries away and the other one's the goal so yeah. it's a little bit disappointing from that point of view because to be fair on reflection I would, we probably deserve to come out with, with three points you know yeah. given our first half and given that we have kept them at bay you know they've yeah got, no like, like I said I was I said to Ollie that I'd have taken a point, but I think if I'm going to be honest with myself, then yeah, I'm probably disappointed that we didn't come away with all three. Um, I've not not watched the game back, but from what I've read and from what I've been told, um, and obviously you've just reiterated that with what you said about the first half, that we're probably unfortunate maybe not to have gone in 2-0 up. Yeah. No, I think we were, and I mean, it's... It's one of those things, really. I mean, it's not happened to us this season so far, apart from potentially Swansea, where we're throwing away points. Yeah. Um, but you, you can't criticise them too much, to be honest. I think it's a positive month, given, especially after Millwall, yeah. when we came off that game and we thought, bloody hell, this, go, is yeah. se- this is going to be a long season, this, yeah. because you looked at our, our record in the transfer window up to that point, you know, and you thought, we're short. Yeah. Um, and, and quite badly short, to be honest with you. But then the qualities come through, and I mean, one of the lads, I don't know if it was Ollie or the, the other chap, he mentioned, you know, in the pre-season pod, uh, the last pod before the Millwall game, that 
we have got enough quality here and we should be looking at top six yeah, side. And, yeah. and I was like, you, you know, I thought, has he drank some of it before he's done this? Because I thought, you know, no, we're nowhere near. And I thought we'd probably be lucky to improve on last season because I thought the league did improve. But yeah, uh, well, Ollie wrote, um, Ollie wrote a piece for the website about how this was the chance of a lifetime uh, yeah. in terms of, the amount of managers that have come in that have no experience at this level, um, the amount of teams that have lost key players, us included in that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of. I think this season is the most in uh, maybe two or three years that there's been EFL players going up to the Prem. Yeah. So obviously, with the majority of them being from the Championship. So there's been. A lot of change in terms of personnel, uh, whereas we've managed to remain quite consistent. We've got the same manager who's going into, is this his third full season now or his fourth? Yeah, with us, third season. This. Third season with us. We've got the core group of a squad in Brown, Davis, Rudd, even though Rudd's got his shortcomings, Maguire, Barkey, DJ, Galley, all been here for two, three years. They know how the manager wants to play. And and I think he was Ollie was right in saying what he said. I think um, in that we, we've got the core group of a good enough squad that two seasons ago sort of was finished seventh. Yeah, and I mean you know you look at last season we were unlucky. You know with the injuries that we had. You, yeah. Well, were we unlucky or was it bad management in terms of the fitness side of things? You, you can make from the time will tell if, if something similar happens again this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at it this season in turn, purely from a numbers point of view, it looks bad. But, you know, you take out Maguire with his eye injury. Can't do anything about that. Freak injury. Isn't it? Take out I mean, Louis Moult with his knee. Can't really do anything about that. Yeah. Um, Clark, I think, was knee as well. And then you've got um, Fisher. Who else is out? Barkey. Hughes, Hughes' hamstring, that's probably the main one, isn't it, in terms Hughes, of actual... Hughes, Fisher and Barkey, I don't know anything about Fisher, but I'm going to presume that it's a soft tissue one. Yeah. Probably really got three injuries there. The... Nugent, Nugent, which, oh, yeah, I mean, he's not he's not actually been fit, has he? So I think we all forget about him. I mean, you know, we talk about the missing three in terms of Malt, Barkey and um, Maguire from Saturday, but you could probably took a fourth one in terms of Nugent, because, but we haven't actually seen him yet. I mean, we played, what, 45 minutes at Fleetwood? And you know it was played the bounce game as well, and came off the bounce game because of his calf, and yeah. he's never been involved since. I mean, we sort of have to think about was it? You know, it, it's not nostalgia, brilliant. You know, it's lovely to have him back and everything, but is he going to be able to take us onto the you know the next level? I don't know. I mean, you know, well, I mean it's, saying it's, that, and I mean. Myself and the the other two lads, Dan and Ollie, we've had plenty of back and forwards on Nugent, both on the pod and chatting amongst ourselves on WhatsApp, whatever, Facebook. And when it was when it happened, really, I, I was buzzing. But I think you strip away the nostalgia, and and it's an awful signing. Signing a thirty-four-year-old striker who scored two goals last year. Yeah. That if that was someone from Fulham or uh, I don't know Leeds or something like that, they would assign people. Not, 
Yeah, I'm not sure if it's an awful signing because it's whilst on paper it doesn't look great. I mean, his stats for last season, you know, whilst he's obviously played as a he's, he's tended to be played more wide, or he, he wasn't a fo- he, he was a focus point at times, but he wasn't the out and out striker. I mean, goals were coming from everywhere in that derby team yeah. last season, and it's I feel a little bit harsh saying he was, you know. I suppose, you know, he wasn't there as a, you know, a, a number nine as such last season. I just felt, I felt he was a little bit, I mean, he played a lot of games for Derby last season in a side yeah, that did. got to the playoff final. Um, yeah, you can't have that. So, I mean, yeah, I know he was missing for, I think, could he get injured in the first playoff leg, was it? Yeah. Yeah, and obviously missed the, the final. And he's, he's had to adapt. He's not going to be the player that he was when we first had him. No. You know, because he's had to adapt his game. You would assume that he's not got as much of that anymore. But he, he still works. He still works his socks yeah. off. You know, and I suppose that's that's always been one of his standout qualities. You know, he, he'd always give you hundred hundred percent in every game because, and that's the type of person he is. And I mean, at thirty four, he played what thirty one games for Derby last season. You know. Yeah, and I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. You know, like like I said, you, you take away the nostalgia and everything out of it, and uh, maybe I was a little bit harsh saying it was a shit signing, but I don't, th- I still don't think it's a good signing. Um, There's but, better players we could have got. Personally. Yeah, there definitely is, but you, you can't not you you can't take the nostalgia away from it because it's David Nugent. Yeah, and the affinity that he has with the club, so. I'm not looking at it as a shit signing, if you will. Yeah, it's. Do you get the point that I'm trying to make? Yeah, of course. I mean, for me, it's you look at what else was out there and what you could have got. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I look back not at this transfer window but previous transfer windows. So our refusal to sign Kiefer Moore for one and a half million pound. Yeah. You know, what twelve months ago this is he's gone for three million pound shock horror. We've uh, you know, and that was the point we bought Stockley. So mm-hmm. we, we, it's like we always go for the cheap option which frustrates me because, you know, you get Stockley for three quarters of a million pound, but, you know, you can spend an extra three quarters of a million pound you get a player that's probably going to be twice as bad, you know, twice as good. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's not ripped it apart for Wigan just yet, but you don't have that sort of record at Barnsley and not be a decent sort of player. Yeah. And he looked handful when he came on against us. Where, yeah, where, he did. He looked like he, he, he was capable of troubling us, definitely. Yeah. I just think the rest of the Wigan team were a bit naff. Yeah. At the back, they were really poor. I was, yeah. you know, but I think in terms of the window, you know, and obviously I know we had this as a point. We, well, we're all this, we're all disappointed. Let's be honest, you know, because especially after bringing in the money that we have for for Robinson, um, you know, the previous windows, Hugill and Cunningham, have we reinvested it? I think I went out. We invested about eight and a half million of it, um, in terms of twenty one million. Yeah. So there's a surplus there of what twelve and a half million. We spend two, you know, and that includes signing Bayless. Fair one point eight ish. Yeah. Well, yeah. up to two, I think it is, isn't it? In terms of obviously with add-ons, but yeah, it's not. Well, it, as far as I'm aware, the 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 initial fee hasn't broken our record. Yeah, that's. that's I think I overall it will end up breaking the record, but yeah, obviously on appearances and you that's know, it, if he if he gets there, if he breaks in. I mean, I just think personally, one point six million pound or whatever the initial fee is, is a lot to spend on a twenty twenty year old that we didn't need. 
Yeah, I completely mean, unproven, which when you think we were crying out for a striker like you just mentioned, Kiefer Moore last summer, and we wouldn't pay one and a half for him. Yeah, I just find that a little bit misguided, and I don't know who's making that decision. Yeah. If it's the manager, then, you know, it, it's, it's at his door. It's a really odd thing, because there's all, obviously there's been all that talk... Um, when was it that he signed his new deal? April last year that the gaffer signed his new contract. But April the April thirteenth, weren't it? The um, the day of the West Brom game. Well, the, yes, yeah, it was. which is uh, five hundred mil at my girlfriend, wife, even because it was her, it's, it was her birthday that day. So yeah, it was April thirteenth. He went from being, um, yeah, that West Brom, I mean, that West Brom game, Christ, you look back at that from last season. I mean, the fiasco leading up to it and then the performance on the day. And then, you know, he was, he was pretty much dead to me that night. And next minute, <laughs> he's a, <laughs> next day you wake up with a stinking hangover because you've actually, you know, we, we had a good day out for West Brom because you sort of have to, don't you, when, yeah. when you see that sort of football. And I mean... You just got to focus on anything but the football, aren't you? Yeah, and then next minute you get a text, half eight in the morning, he signed a contract. I'm like, what do you mean he signed a contract? I'm thinking it's like someone else. The next minute it comes out and he's the Alex Nielsen needs to be a contract. I'm like, what? Hey, I'm like, Vidal just said we don't give out three year contracts at a fan forum. And next minute we've um, give, give out, out a three year contract. contract. It's like, what are we doing? But um, there was at the time there was obviously a lot of talk that um, that he'd been given assurances. Now. Yeah. I've not heard anything either way about this, so I don't know. But at this point, with the summer that we've just had, you have to actually wonder if he ever was given assurances. Because mm. if he was, you'd like to have thought that they would have been transfer-related in terms of incomings and him being backed. And um, there's been there's no question that he hasn't been backed. That's so right. if he was promised things and he's not been given them. I know for a fact that if that was me, I would be absolutely fuming. Um, Now, you might not want to walk away from the job. Probably doesn't because of the money. Well, he says he's settled around here, hasn't he? I mean, his kids are in school. He's got a fairly decent pad, you know, where he lives just outside of Preston. And he he seems settled. You know, he does seem happy here. I mean, he's a workaholic from what I've heard. You know, he's played one of the first in and last out at the training ground. Yeah. Um, and his staff are quite similar to that as well, and that's one of the reasons allegedly that Alan Kelly is no longer with the club because obviously yeah. of the working hours. Um, but I mean, you look at the players that's been brought in; are they all his choice? I don't know. Um, yeah, I'd probably guess it. Some are, some aren't. Some aren't. Um, yeah. uh, but I can't remember. Well, someone tweeted on Saturday, I think, about incomings and. I think I asked the question of, well, you, you're making the presumption that... I think it was about Stockley. I think I tweeted from the from the Finney account saying that it's not very, it's not a very good reflection on Stockley if he's our only fit and available striker and he's the manager starting a, a wide player up front ahead of him in yeah. Bowden. Um And someone said, well, why has he signed him? And I think it's a especially knowing how the club work when it comes to signing players. I think that's a big assumption to make that it was an Alex Neil signing. Yeah. And I, I mean, you look at Stockley's record, it's good in league two. 
not great anywhere else. I mean, I think he played 21 games in the league one and scored one goal, you know, earlier in his career. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's just for for me that paying three quarters of a million pound for any player is it's got to be pretty, especially from League Two. Mm. I mean, you know, you look at the lad. Um, who was the lad at Accrington that went to Ipswich that didn't do anything? Um, um, the centre forward. Caden Jackson. That's him. Yeah, so he went for a million pounds, didn't do anything. Yeah. You've got to, if they're League Two, you've got to be sure. And I mean, I don't think Stockley fits in how we play. No, he doesn't. People it, people have this very, um, this very narrow view or narrow look on football and positions. And the amount of people that I've seen saying, it's not a game for Stockley. It's not a game for Stockley. The managers said that there'll be some players who play and some players who don't, whether it's the right game or not. I'd, I, I, get, I just think that's a very narrow... And you can tie it back to uh, the links with Hugo in the summer. Yeah. People saying, oh, we don't need a target, man. We've got Stockley. But well, Hugo's not a target, man. He's not. This... They're, they're completely different players. Um, and, and I think Pete... Obviously, people have their favourite players and all that sort of stuff. But I think there just comes a point where you have to, you have to see the. I can't remember the phrase. You have to see the whatever for whatever it is. The wood from the trees. That's the the phrase looking for. Um, And and he's just not up to it. He, He really isn't. It's a shame because I mean, you know, it's it probably looks. Nice yeah, it probably is, but n- n- nice, nice lads don't get you anywhere really, do they? Uh-huh. Let's be honest. I mean, he's 25, and I mean, I just don't. Last couple of games, he's actually seemed like he's got a little bit of passion about him, but it's like he wants a bit to, to just to knock centre halves rather than actually play against them. He's got yeah. a, a bit of an aggression about him. I don't mind that, but you've got to channel it in the right way, mm. and. It's, it's, it seems more frustration than anything. It looks like he's just going to do something daft in a minute and get a three-game ban. You know, that's my, my concern. Because yeah. frustration will get you such, you know, yeah, take you so far, won't it? He's shown, especially against Hull, that he's a bit of a, a whinger as well. Mm. Throwing his arms around. And... Did he do it to Is it Green? I think Green played a ball into him. Um, they just didn't have the pace on it. And he's just throwing a bit of a strop yeah. at another park, I thought. Oh, okay. This is um... there, was a, there was a few uh, to the ref as well. I think he thought he'd been fouled, and he gets up and his arms out and all this sort of stuff, pointing pointing his finger at the ref, and you're just thinking, just just stop. You're making a tit of yourself. Yeah, you're not playing well, so don't don't make the situation worse. What the thing is, from a from a fan's point of view, you can be sat in the crowd, and a player can say something to a referee and be aggrieved and you'll have no idea because you won't hear it yeah the minute he starts throwing his arms around waving his hands around whether that's to the ref or to another player i think especially if it's to another player it it pisses me off a little bit winds me up a little bit because there's no need if you've got an issue say something it breeds negativity. Yeah, exactly. For me, and and you don't need that on a pitch. I mean, you you want players that are in it together. And yeah, don't be yeah. wrong. If it's you don't, you just don't need someone like throwing their arms about when they've had a misplaced pass. Well, yeah. just if it's if it's not coming to your feet, we'll get it to your feet next time. You know, mm-hmm. actually do something about it rather than just throwing your arms around and just not not doing anything about him. Yeah, he's just not mo. He, for me, he doesn't. It's he's playing like he doesn't want it enough. You know, yeah. he's not getting himself, he's not working himself into positions. And if you've got someone like that that's just going through the motions, then 
let's be honest, it's probably not going to work out from long term. Um, which it is feels frustrating. A bit like he thinks he's hit the jackpot. Well, he's coming from as the contract is on. Yeah, he's probably on you know decent wedge compared to what he would have been on at Exeter. What maybe two three grand a week at Exeter, doubled if not more here. Yeah. Um, and and he's just quite happy with that. Yeah, I agree, and it's it's frustrating. Yeah, but, it's, um, I think the, the one thing I think to end that on on Stockley is it's up to him. I think now to to show what he can do. Um, there was times last season, obviously, when we had 11, 12 injuries, whatever it was, that players stepped up to the plate. And I think, considering that we've got one striker, yeah, I think it's it's on the onus is on him now. Because I think more and more fans are starting to realise that he's perhaps not up to it. I mean, yes. I don't actually think he is up to it. I've made my mind up already, but... It's one of those, I mean, the next... I mean, look at the games after the the, the break. They're quite key, especially if Nugent's going to come back into the fold. Maguire yeah. will be back fit by then. He's got to step up. It's step up or step out for me because you've got... You're going to have people knocking on that door. And, you know, for, from a manager's point of view, I'm sure that he'll... It's a, probably a welcome position to be in for the manager yeah, yeah. you know to actually have players that want to play but you've got to be able to actually perform on the day and i mean you look at you know the brentford game the first game back that's not going to be an easy game no. you know and we, we've got a, a tough little run of games on the side you know birmingham away and then obviously the uh, the cup game against city and then bristol city at, at home i mean that's not an easy september for me no it's not it's definitely not um i think the city one you can it's a free hit. Um, yeah, it's a free hit, isn't it, really? But and a, an embarrassing defeat and a really bad performance. And and it goes from being a free hit to, well, we never actually really showed up. Yeah, it depends on the team he puts out. Because yeah. and I'm sure you'll come on to this in a later pod, but, you know, he could mix it up. You know, it, and I suppose that's it's one of the good things about Neil this season. I think he's, he's playing a team for the the occasion as such. So yeah. he's picking the. For me, I don't think he's got his team selection wrong yet. Touch wood. You know, he's not going to do that. You know, during mm, the course of being at times. Absolutely. I mean, I, I said he'd banged his head when we we beat. I think it was Stoke three 0 Yeah, it was the Stoke game. I said he's banged his head here. You know, I think it was someone. Was it Maguire was out of concussion or something like that? And I yeah. said, you know, he's not the only one who's banged his head. Um, because you know, you look at the team, you're thinking, what have we done here? Yeah, Clark in at right back and Barky up top. Yeah, Clark in a solid 40 minutes. I know obviously he's, he's done his knee, but he was solid enough in the 40 minutes he was on. Oh, yeah, he was. Just come he, on and... he just, it was one of them that at the time that Fisher had played well the week before or on yeah. Saturday, and you didn't really see any reason for him to drop him and bring Clark in. It wasn't like it wasn't needed. Yeah, but, but you you look back at it and you if it was ninety minutes of um, Fisher up against uh, McLean, then one of them's going to get a red, <laughs> if not both, because yeah. you know you've got two head cases that you know are up against each other for for ninety minutes. It, that would not have ended pretty. And I mean, yeah, it was bad so many times that they can clash. Yeah, it was bad enough for fifty minutes and them trying to get bumps out of each other. Never mind an hour, you know, an hour and a half of it. Yeah, but, so uh, you know, if Neil's had the foresight to look at that and go, well, I'm going to avoid this situation by dropping Fisher and putting Clark in, then fair play to him. Yeah. But, um, 
But I think on that Stoke game, um, trying to do two points in one here, um, you got Harrop and DJ. Uh, both on DJ was on the score sheet, wasn't he? Scored Pen. Um, Stoke game. Just trying to remember it off the top of my head. Yes. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Shot from the outside of the box, first one. Yeah, it was the it was the game where um, Jack Butlin decided he didn't want yeah. to really be a goalkeeper anymore. And to be fair to DJ on that goal, I think you know it's his touch that sets him up. Yeah. Because it's drilled in. I mean, it's a great touch. And then to give Butlin a little bit of credit, uh, and this is the tiniest bit I can give him, it does it skids up at him and it's yeah. at pace and. Yeah, he's got two hands to it and he should parry it away. But they're hard to deal with them. I mean, you see it week in, week out in leagues that are better than ours. That when it's skidding up and it's... Yeah, when know, it's hitting to the ground in that sort of down and quickly yeah, old fashion. They're hard to deal with. And I mean, yeah. it's a good finish for me. I, I think, yeah, you could probably look at the keeper and, you know, we said when we saw it on the big screen, as soon as he scored, it was like, well, keeper, you know. Yeah. But Yeah, if that was Rudd, he'd have been absolutely hung out to dry. We need to talk about Rudd, you know. And I think we're going to talk about it with with Cole in a bit, but um, he's improved. Yeah, no, he definitely has. Um, um, what, maybe yeah, not as much as on, DJ. Yeah, maybe not as much as DJ because DJ's been, you know, player of the month for by a long way. Let's be honest. And yeah. I mean, the the big issue that we've all had with DJ is that he's consistently inconsistent. Mm. Um, but this, you know, this month, and I know it's only a month, but. He's, the thing is, you say that, but it, in the past two seasons, we've not even got two weeks out of him. Yeah, I mean, I remember that Birmingham game. Probably, oh God, it must be two. I think years it was Neil's now. first season, wasn't it? Yeah, and he he ripped it apart at yeah. Birmingham, uh, Birmingham away, and when we won three one with Hugh yeah. Gilbagging as well, that deflected effort. He ran it, and I mean, he got. I think he got booked for giving you know the blues quite a bit of stick in that corner next to the away end yeah um but he ran that game him and robinson and to be fair we've probably not seen the best out of him over the past two years and no i don't think we have um i don't know whether that's because of the stuff he's had you know he's had a kid in that time or or what you know or the contract issue that he had last season mm. i think there's a, a lot of different factors played a part and we don't know about yeah i mean playing deep's not helped him because no. he's not he's not a a sort of a, a four or an eight he's a ten you know yeah. we've seen that you know and I think it's credit to Neil I mean it took balls dropping Brown don't know Brown was wasn't great against Millwall he didn't, apart he didn't from really that finish the season that well to be honest did he you know he's I think since he's become a little bit more of a regular in the island setup and I, I still don't think it helps him not having an agent I know that sounds strange but he's not got an agent to chuck himself out there and he's probably thinking he's a little bit better than he is now and yeah was, possibly you know, um, but he probably does need someone to give him that advice is, you know mm. get your head down a little bit lad you know you, you want to sort of set up here then this is your chance but you know the, the games is and you know utilise him as a right back at the minute isn't probably ideal for him either no it's definitely you, not you know but where else can you fit him in because he's not going to get ahead of Pearson, Galli or DJ at this moment in time. No, he's, I he's, think as, as long as those three are fit and still firing, um, yeah, n- none of them are out of the team for me. No. And 
you know, DJ's been excellent. Uh, I, I suppose you can't take that away from him. You know, from a guy that's gone from being, you know, it'd go missing in some key games. He'd give the ball away cheaply. Yeah. He wouldn't put a tackle in. He wouldn't work hard. All the key, oh, all the key issues that we've had with him over the years. Yeah. And he's, he seems to have fixed that. He's got his head down. He seems quite screwed on this season. It's yeah, like, like I said, uh, I mean, I don't know whether maybe it is uh, something to do with the fact, maybe it is to do with the fact that he's had a kid or you just don't know. Um, maybe, maybe it's his contract. Maybe he feels a little bit more settled now. Um, you know, there's a million different things that it could be, but it could also just be a simple fact that, that Gaffer's playing him in his position. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and how it how how much one of those? He's always had the ability, you know. We've, no one's ever questioned his ability. His decision making and his final ball can sometimes be questioned. Yeah. Um, he can't tackle. I don't know if you've noticed yourself. <laughs> no, he definitely can't. So do that. his first, I remember his first game for us. It was the first game of the season. Forgot who we were playing, but he's within twenty seconds. He smashed a lad on the halfway line. He, the lad's gone off about four minutes later. Yeah, um, I vaguely remember that. So, and he's never been able to tackle. He tackles like leads and a bit, little bit wild. Mm. Um, but he's developing as a player. Uh, probably the last season, you know, having last season out, it's probably developed him as a person as well because those sort of setbacks can improve people, you know, and improve. Yeah, from, their from a mental point approach. of view, they're they're massive as yeah. to how you as a person react to them. Yeah, you know, he's got to take his chance now because he, he yeah. probably realizes that. You know, this is you know being a professional footballer is probably a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, oh, yeah. the fact that you can change your life by playing ninety minutes on a Saturday is is amazing. And mm-hmm. to be fair to him, he seems to have taken that, you know, grasped out with both hands, especially in the games that he's played since Bradford. Yeah, three starts, think... three goals. You can't knock uh, it. No, he didn't score against Forest, did he? he no, started yeah. against Forest. Three games, uh, three goals. Yeah. So. You know what? Fair play to him because he's taken he's taken the opportunity, and I, I think after the international break, the manager's got a bit of a problem on his hands with the players he's got available because he's back to pretty much full strength, give or take, you know, obviously Malta side. Yeah, I, think, um, I, think, I don't think Clark will be back straight away. Uh, obviously no, Clark's, Clark's out for eight weeks, isn't he? So, you know, he's probably two or three missing at that point, but he's not massively stretched in terms of injuries at that point. No. Well, I you mean, know, you're chuck, even just chucking Maguire and even if Nugent's maybe... I don't know, maybe maybe he's able to be involved in the match day squad. You know, yeah. just chucking them back in, it, it improves us compared to where we're at now with utilising the likes of Bowden up front. Um, yeah. and, and I'm not saying that, I don't know, don't want that to come across as um, saying it in a moany way, but, you know. No, it's, I think it's, it, 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 I, th- I think there'll be a lot of rotation. And I think that having an interchangeable four as a, you know, or even sort of a, a left right and a centre mm. in terms of your centre forward being interchangeable so if it's Bowden, in Barquez and Maguire you know Nugent could do any of those four positions um, Green who we've probably not seen enough of yet to make a judgement yeah. um, you've got a, quite a bit of quality up there and I've probably missed a couple as well to be honest with you You know that could actually play up there yeah. and having interchangeable quality as a three behind you know in front of sorry you know the likes of DJ Pio and Gallagher you know, you'll have Fisher and Hughes bombing back on then. We, we look strong. And, mm. you know, despite, you know, the negativity about the transfer window and, you know, going over all ground, so to speak, but we've we've actually got a decent squad. 
Yeah, um, I think going back to the point that we both covered earlier with Ollie's um, Ollie's piece on the website, we've we've got a good core, um, and I think all fans, but I feel like our fans in particular um, can be guilty of getting swept up in transfer frenzy, if you will. And I know we we've not really uh, held back, if you will. Um, our thoughts on the transfer window but I think people it can be sorry it can be perceived as being negative from the club Spurs last season prime example yeah didn't bring anyone in finished in third I think and got to the final of Champions League not saying we're going to go on and get to the final of the FA Cup and finish third in the league but you know sometimes it can be not too bad a thing to not disrupt your squad yeah. greatly. No, I agree. And I, I suppose we're frustrated. And I think it comes back. I know it sounds really odd, but we're Northerners. We, we like a bit of a moan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, 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 you know, we're, we're known for moaning up here. And yeah. it's, I suppose it's probably within our DNA in a, in a way. But yeah, we are frustrated that we didn't get a left back because we were crying out for one after letting one go out on loan. Mm-hmm. And Hughes had a couple of injury knocks last season. We, we're probably entitled to a bit of a moment because the only striker that we got in that when we needed one was a 34-year-old. You know, and, our top scorer from last season go. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it probably didn't help. You know, we all probably moan, and then the club come out at five minutes, three minutes past five on deadline day, and said, you know. The summer transfer window now closed. We take a look at the comings and goings in recent months. So, like, well, not really ideal, is it? That's just expert no. trolling more than anything, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, so that probably doesn't help the cause either. So, you know, I'll come back to the club piece. You know, there's got to be a bit of give and take. You know, don't, yeah, don't yeah. go and troll us when, as paying customers. And then, you know, when you've we've not reinvested like we probably should have. Mm-hmm. But especially in the position we, we were crying out for left back I mean I could go on about it all the time and I played some blue in the face but uh, it was what, criminal it was absolutely criminal to I mean I, I I'd I think I'd been told a few days earlier that Hill was as good as done to Bolton yeah which um, was needed he needs game time because yeah I don't it last season. About that. but yeah. at that point it looked like we still had a chance of bringing Max Lowe in yeah and then it was, I think, Earl got announced. I got a message saying Lowe's not happening. And it was like, well, what the fuck are we going to do for a left-back then? Why, why have we just sent out a left-back? Yeah. But it stems from not getting Bidwell. I mean, you know, the Bidwell deal was... As good as done. Yeah. And then Swansea came in with an extra five grand a week. And it's like, great. So we're not, we can't compete with that. And that's frustrating. I mean, don't wrong, Swansea are doing well this season. You yeah. Know, and, you know, you look at them and... I think he's slotted straight in, hasn't he, at left back? Yeah, yeah. Well. And, does, didn't he? Yeah. So quality, quality is quality is hard to get in the championship. And I mean, if you have the opportunity to get a left back that's proven from from Brentford, from QPR, that's it's looked apart for every club he's played yeah. for. Then it's when we need one, player. yeah, get, get him in. He I mean. T- Neil was going on and on and on about experience, and he ticked that box. He, he's about what twenty six, twenty seven, something like that. Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not old, but he's experienced. I mean, the amount of games he's played at this level is ridiculous, and he's from up here. I mean, he's he's from Southport. So why well, would he? 
Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he was. He came to the ranks at Everton. So twenty-six years old. Yeah. So it's you know for five grand a week. I mean, it's daft really that we've not got a yeah. player of that ability in that's played. You know, probably a couple of hundred of league games. Yeah, um, just probably. It's three hundred games he's played. He's played over three hundred games. Yeah. You know, including his two stints at Brentford. Well, two loans at Brentford, and obviously signed permanently, and then QPR. Twenty games for QPR, and then obviously whatever he's got six for Swansea this season. Yeah, I mean that's criminal. You can't, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that we've not gotten a player of that ability when we've had the chance to is um, a shame. Let's put it that way. For for the sake of five grand as well. I mean, I know it's all right for me to say that when I'm not putting my money in to the club like Hemmings is, but. Like you said, when we're crying out for a player in that position and someone like Jake Bidwell comes along. Yeah. But you can save five grand. You can save five grand in other areas. That, yeah. You know, and I know we've got a very tight wage structure and I know it's it's very structured in terms of wages and that we we've got a cap and we're not gonna go above it. And to be fair, you know, I can't really criticise that with the problems in football at the moment. No yeah. you, you look at some of the teams that are getting around FFP and the other issues the, the stadiums and all that. Oh, it's, it's, if we did that, come on, there'd be uproar. You oh. know, we'd be absolutely fuming. If Emmys sold the stadium to himself and said, oh, that's £20 million, well, we've just lost the stadium. Yeah. You know, and a lot of these clubs in the lower leagues completely isn't go out the tangent. longest continually used stadium football by a club camp. in the football league as well? It's possibly in, in Europe, potentially. I think it, there's a it's stat that it's... wild like that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's always been football at Deepdale since 1880 when we were formed, pretty much. Yeah. I think it might be 1882 or something like that, Deepdale was used as a ground. Um, it's really funny you mention that, actually, because I'm meeting a guy who's writing another book on Deepdale and, and the history of North End at weekend. All right. Um, so it's, I'll ask him that question. Yeah. That's, it's something different and, yeah, I, I mean... <laughs> we could talk about the problems in the EFL all, all week, you know, in terms of obviously the mess that Sean Harvey's left, but, you know, and it's a shame what obviously everything that's happened at Berry in the past week. Um, yeah. But I think we could, we could have a five hour long podcast about that. Yeah. I digress, mate. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. I think the final one then before we, before we wrap up is that issue that we've mentioned time and time again, um, which is the seeming inability to deal with crosses. Now, you mentioned before about Rudd, and Mm. I have been one of his biggest critics. Um, He has improved. I think there's no question as to whether that's to do with Jonathan Gould coming in or not. I don't think it's any coincidence. Experience, experience must help because yeah, it, it's, it's no question and it's not a slight on Jack Cudworth um, you know I'll never understand people that slate him he, he's obviously good at doing his job because he's employed by the football club yeah um, and you know you alluded to Alex Neal's work ethic before Jack obviously fits in with what Alex Neal wants and Alex Neal's obviously happy with him so I'm, I'm never going to knock him and say that it's him that Rudd is that he's the reason Rudd has played like he has, but like you say, I don't I don't think there's any question that experience coming in in that department has helped. Um, I think as well, Bauer coming in, he's a little bit more assured 
when it comes to um, aerial battles and aerial duels and all that sort of stuff. So I think he's maybe lending a helping hand in terms of Rudd's maybe not got as much to deal with because there's not as much getting past him. Uh, getting past Bauer, that is. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but the, yeah, only, the... the only place we look a little bit vulnerable is out wide. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. I think the Forest game is the first. It's the first goal we conceded straight through the middle of the season, and I, I think you know we don't. Bauer does seem. Bauer and Davis complement each other really well. I mean, Ben Davis is a revelation at, at centre half yeah. compared to the player that it. You know, was it Sheffield United who played at home when he played left back and was absolutely torn a new one. You know, you look back at that compared to the player that it is now and it's it's poles apart. Oh yeah. And and that, I suppose yeah, at Fleetwood's probably done in the world of good and. You know, I, I think he played on the left of a three that yeah, season. He played left of about three, didn't he? And I, I just think he's he's reading the game and how he's his distribution. He's he's decent in the air. Yeah. Know, I think Bauer's probably the more aggressive of the two. Um, but you need that sort of compliment, and I I, I think the the issue with these goals we're conceding from out wide is how we're conceding them. So initially why how are we not stopping the cross you know how are, how is that person being able to beat a full back or not be closed down and actually get the ball in the box mm. you know and quite often we're, we're actually winning the first ball but it's the second ball you know you look at the goals conceded against Millwall against Swansea it's the ball that's coming from the edge of the box and, yeah. and the midfield that's running on why aren't we tracking them in to be fair is it Galley? is it Pio you know is it the centre halves not getting rid of it you know far enough or actually dealing with the you know the, the first phase of play um you know because that second phase of play is preventable um and i just yeah. think you know look at a few of the crosses we've we've just not closed the man down you know and I that's the, the the one that sticks out to me is um the chef wednesday one the take that one. away from the ball in and the quality of the finish but it and you know ollie's gone on quite a bit about it to me and Dan. Um, the way that we sort of defend the box is quite narrow and we rely on the, f- not the fullbacks, sorry, the wingers to essentially fill in as fullbacks. Yeah. And I think the Swansea one as well is another one that you can sort of put in this category where Maguire was playing out on the si- on that side for the Swansea one and it was Barky, I think, for the Chef Wednesday one. We're just yeah. nowhere near. Um and, and as soon as that ball comes into the box, yeah, all right, I think Davis could have done better with maybe the way that he attacked the ball for Fletcher's goal. Um, I can't really remember the Swansea one. Well, oh. the Swansea one, the, the lads whips in across and it's um, it's a first-touch finish, you know, into the bottom, well, the deck's bottom right. Yeah. Um, and it's a good finish, you know, and it's right in the corner, but we should be preventing the cross. You know, I, I get it's Rafferty's side and, you know, he's probably not going out to the man. A bit like Fisher. Fisher didn't get out to the man for the Chef Wednesday goal. Um, I think we just probably need to put a bit more pressure on, you know, and stop the crosses more, you know, because yeah. the, re- the reach ball in is it's from deep, to be fair. It's not from it's not from the byline. No, it's, it's not from, near the byline, really. You know, he, it, was, it was pretty much right in front of me and I sit... Um, I sit on the end of the third block to the end from the finish. Yeah, so it's probably about 25, 30 yards from the got for, from the touchline, you know, in terms of actual 
distance out from the actual touchline. Yeah, and obviously, yeah. it's got to be a good ball in. And I mean, it's it's a it's a wicked ball. Let's be honest. Is it defendable? Well, yeah, I think it's defendable on two accounts. Yeah. We we need to close the man down, and we probably need to try and attack the. I suppose attack the ball, but you've got to keep an eye on Fletcher at the same time. And you know what? It's probably an impossible job to mark someone like Stephen Fletcher. Yeah. You know, in that situation, because it's not an enviable position, is it? No, I mean, should Bauer have had him potentially? But he's obviously he's he's dropped off to beyond Davis because mm. why wouldn't why wouldn't you target Davis? Is the two if you if there's two centre halves you want to be heading the ball against a, a Stephen Fletcher, it's going to be Ben Davis. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what to do to improve it I suppose we've just got to for me we've got to be we've got to be a bit more aggressive in terms of closing the man down Fisher's usually good at it because Fisher usually either puts the ball in the stands or puts the man in the stands um, you know it's one of the two usually with him yeah, no frills is there no and uh, I suppose with with Rafferty he's filling in you know he's not he's not an out and out left back he's never going to be you know he, he looks a little bit uncomfortable when it's on his left foot mm. um, but he's doing a job so we can't really criticise him too much. And does Hughes do much better? I don't know. And again, it's a lad that's coming from the midfield that, that, or the striker that's dropped off in the Swansea instance that's that scored the goal. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, there's definitely plenty to be worked on over the international break because I think there's only... Is there only Alan Brown that's gone? There isn't at the minute, yeah, because Maguire's come back. Maguire's pulled out on there with his eye. So I think he he's, he's going to see a specialist or something in Manchester. Yeah, well they're um, about two weeks out, aren't they, for him? So hopefully be back after the break. So yeah, fingers crossed. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of time there for the manager to work on stuff. Um, but I think overall, first month in, like we said before, if if you they'd have offered us what we've got now after the Millwall game, I think you'd have been hard pushed to find someone that would have said no. Yeah, absolutely. We just you just snap your hands off after the yeah. um, after Millwall. But I mean, I look at the month ahead, and you know we're playing, you know, two of the current top six. You know, in terms of Leeds and Bristol City. You know, Brentford, another good side. I, I know the the league table position probably doesn't justify where they're probably at as a side. Um, and obviously Birmingham, who are, again just was on the same points as us, so they. They're doing some decent things, obviously. Yeah, I, well, I took Birmingham to go down as well. Took them to be around the bottom three. I think I had them second bottom. Um, I think so, the bottom. Three, I think the bottom. Well, I think I don't think. Yeah, it's a funny one. The bottom three at the minute because Huddersfield. I mean, they can't buy a win at the minute, and I mean, they should probably have never kept the manager that they did no. for, for as long as they did. I mean, they won what one in twenty-two games in the Prem. I mean, it's just a ridiculous record. I mean, why not just get rid of the summer? Start again. It, what made that even more bizarre was that there was a new owner as well. New owner took over and he kept him. Yeah, Dean Hoyle left, and he because obviously mm-hmm. Dean he, he's been a, he's been a little bit unwell by all accounts, and you know Dean Hoyle's dream as it was to get into the Premier League. It, it's a, an absolute fairy tale for what yeah. he did at that club, and uh, you know I, I'm quite a, a big advocate of his in terms of obviously what he's done off the pitch as well as on it. Yeah, um, but you know, that could all go to waste unless they actually start picking up form because, you know, you can't take one point from six games. Well, we no. did last season, I suppose, didn't we? So, <laughs> and yeah, and ended up 40, at this point, but... it is still probably just about early enough, but I reckon, you know, if you, you're getting into the middle of October time and if you're still in that position, then you, you, you would start worrying, I think. Yeah. 
So it's um, it'd be interesting. I mean, it's a tough month. I mean, you know, let's see where we are this time next month, mate, because you know we'll be just before the. Oh, I've got who we've got this time next month. Um, is or, it a Tuesday game? We've got a, yeah a Tuesday night game, haven't we? Um, I think about this time. Uh, got Borough on the first. That'll be it then. Is that, that Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday That's night. Tuesday night, isn't it? So, um, and that won't be easy. No. Because, you know, Woodgate's gone in there. I mean, I watched their game against Bristol City at weekend, and it's a funny one because, I mean, you've got Asan Belonga who's just ruthless, you know, but getting the ball, you know, I think they looked a little bit, a little bit suspect at the back. Bristol City, I tipped them to be top six at the start of the year. I thought, I can't remember what I had. Improved. Think I, yeah, I think I had them as top six. I had Brentford just outside. Yeah. Bristol City improved in the summer. I know they've obviously lost the centre-half. Webster who had a torrid game on Saturday for Brighton. Um, but they improved, you know, getting the two lads in from Chelsea. Like Callas and, um, is it De Silva? Yeah. Obviously got Casey uh, Palmer back as well, so. Good player, Palmer. Fan of him. Yeah. Very technically great. I'm just yeah. not sure about his work right off the ball. It's um, that'd be my issue with him if he would ever to rock up here. I'm not sure if he'd work well enough, well hard enough off the we'll, ball to we'll uh, with that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I yeah. But again, it's it's one of those, isn't it? Really, it's it's like it's players for our style of play. Uh, I know we've mentioned this a couple of times, oh, yeah. but you've got to you, you've got to fit in with the I suppose the new Preston ethos really which is hard work off the ball because it is yeah. you know it's probably it's something that Robinson had to adapt to under Neil because obviously when Neil first came in Robinson was nowhere near. nowhere near no absolutely and he adapted his game came worked hard you know I think for, for me Robert was, uh, and I'm I'm firmly in the Callum Robinson fan club at this moment um but for, for me I think he was one of, if not the most improved player under Alex Neal. Without a doubt. I mean, um, I, was, I wasn't his biggest fan, I'll be honest with you, mate. You know, before Neil came in, I thought... He yeah, was... I think for me, it was a bit like... Um, it was a bit like DJ for me. Yeah. You could see that he had something, but... He was lazy at times. Yeah. He, you know, he'd go missing in big games. He'd, he'd turn it on when he wanted to. I mean, you know, I think it was the Arsenal game when he scored, but didn't do much else that game. And was sort of what was the McGeady show that night. And, yeah. um, but he'd, he'd go missing at times and he probably just wouldn't want to know. But then under Neil, I suppose, after his little incident at the training ground, allegedly, um, you know, he, he knuckled down and, you know, he became fair, the player he was. Yeah, absolutely, and you know what, he worked his socks off for us, and you know there was a massive difference between becoming from becoming the number thirty-seven, as we used to call him, because he wasn't fit enough to wear his name, to being the number seven that was actually our best player, you know, going forward for the past probably couple of seasons alongside yeah. Hugill. Um, yeah, without a doubt. So, without a doubt, but yeah, I think month one, big tick from me. Yep. First week aside, first week aside, and um, yeah, I think overall though it's maybe yeah, absolutely, it's a it's a solid eight and a half out of ten for me. You know, yeah. it's, uh, the only disappointment. I, was say, I think if we're going old school, uh, it's a B plus. Yeah, yeah, just about scrapes it. Yeah, um, I think you know if you if you include the Millwall game and obviously the transfer window, which were probably the two negatives, um, and losing Mol and Clark for the time that they're going to be out for. Yeah. Um, 
And you obviously know. Hughes for the time that he'll have been out. Yeah, I mean, he'll have missed, what, three games, I think it'll have been. Uh, uh, was it Wigan that he got the injury? Yeah, so what if we missed there? Three, four, five, six games. Yeah, is that included two cup games, is it? Yeah, that's in, so four yeah. league games. Yeah, so... Well, yeah, because he probably wouldn't have played in the cup games, would he? So, yeah, four league games. May, maybe be back involved for Brentford. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe that'll depend on whether they have a bounce game over the international period and get some minutes into him or not. I'm going to strongly guess they're going to. If not two, I'd probably say imagine. there's going to be one next 48 hours and then probably one next week as well. Yeah. Just to keep him ticking over. And I mean, you know what? Ginelli did all right the other night at left back. You know, yeah, he did. He's not, he did he's not a left back, is he? But he's, he did a decent job. And I mean, he's pacing. Considering right? against, I think it was Chorley, when he came on at right back, I was. Like, what the hell is he doing? Yeah. Couldn't believe it. But yeah, no, he did well. Um, I mean, that, uh, what the hell is he called? That winger from Everton that Hull have that we were linked with in the summer. Who, uh, he, he went off after about 55 minutes. Oh, his name, name doesn't ring a bell. I can't think of his name. Not Pennington, is it? No, he's a centre-half, isn't he? Yeah, no, it wasn't him. Um, I can't remember. But yeah, whoever it was, I thought it... Janelli's yeah, he's not done too bad there up against up against someone like that, and then obviously brought they brought Bowen on, and I think it was pretty plain to see that Janelli would be going off, yeah, bring Wrath on. But yeah, no, it's been been a good uh, yeah, been a good start to the season, not a good season. Only month, only yeah, no, on to um, hopefully another good month, mate, and um, yeah, you know, be in a good place then, and. Um, Hopefully, kick on through the latter months of this year. So, and it'll be a good year if we, if we can come out, if we can keep up, you know, or keep similar form to what we've currently got. Then, you know, fingers crossed for a, yeah. a positive season. So, yeah, touch wood. But yeah, cool. I think we'll we'll call that a podcast. Yeah. Unless you've got anything else to add. No, mate. It's been a pleasure. Helping yeah, out, no, mate. Thanks. It's been a, it's been it's been good. It's been an experience to say the least. So, uh, <laughs> but now get in touch with these guys if you uh, if you want to sort of jump on because it's um it's well worth a couple of hours out your evening just to just to chat football more than anything you know yeah. what i mean it's like it's, it's it's enjoyable just to have a bit of a, a natter it's um it's good just to be able to talk preston you know at times because we do yeah. get missed out you know mainstream media miss preston out all the time because we're, we're just this little club in the northwest that everyone forgets about and we pop up every now and again and people forget our history but yeah. we're not bitter we're just we're just northerners like, like <laughs> own. just love a whinge yeah so yeah no cheers mate i really appreciate it and try and get you on again later in the season at some point yeah no pleasure um, thanks, so yeah thanks for listening to episode 14 of the from the finney podcast uh hopefully you've listened to it all it's a bit of a bumper one and also apologies that it's a little bit late, later than usual so all those that were missing a pod on their monday morning commute i can only apologize but if you could as always share like retweet tell your friends your family people that you see in the street whatever um just help spread the word it's massively appreciated uh, the pod is available on pretty much all platforms now i think uh, the main ones being spotify and apple Podcasts for us looking at the numbers but we are available elsewhere and yeah, we have social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So just search for From the Finney and say hello. And finally, if you liked what Jimmy had to say, then you can follow him on Twitter. He's just at Bayside Peony. 
Um, so yeah, give them a follow and say hello. So yeah, I think that's that's it. Cheers for coming on, mate. No, thanks, mate. It's been a pleasure. So yeah. uh, you. see you later on in the season. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to meet up for a beer. Yeah, definitely. You're you're around, mate. Yeah, not, yeah, I know not, you want. You've not heard how tight I am. So. <laughs> well, it's just this bloody late night recording. <laughs> no, it's a soul, mate. Ah, cheers, mate. Thank you very much.